my responsibility, Owen. Well, I'm his uncle. We talked about this. When the time comes, he must be trained. Like you trained his father? What is up, everybody? Welcome back to Wayward Movie Surfers. Reactions to Obi-Wan Kenobi, part three. That's mm. right. We got more Obi-Wan Kenobi to talk about. It's so, it's so crazy to think about. Like, I, I'm still just like blown away that Ewan McGregor and Hayden Christensen. Hayden Christensen is back. Spoilers. <laughs> wow. Way yes! to ruin it. You want me to Way that? to ruin it. <laughs> well, if there was like six months of press releases about it, you know. <laughs> exactly. I mean, like, here's the thing. If you're going to watch this video and you see episode three, discussion and reaction, and you get spoiled by it, and I'm like, what 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 are you what are you doing here? <laughs> what are you, what do you even do? Yeah, how can you not talk about this episode and spoil things, anyways? Yeah. Like that's exactly. Uh, I'm Sid, and I'm joined by the the Jedi Council, uh, Je- uh, Jeff and Kelly. Um, Marley's not here with us this week. She is uh, uh, one one with the Force. She's not dead, but she's like um, with a friend in Portland. That's not she, she's a force ghost in spirit. Yeah. <laughs> everything so everything lives through the moving force, and so is Marley. You know her presence. Like if we tap in, we can like we can like communicate mm. with her. That's how, I don't know. Just have like, a little floating Marley head on the screen, and yeah, exactly. <laughs> oh, like you know when they do the council meetings, and the, most of them are just the holograms. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, there's, I saw a picture the other day of from uh, Star Wars Celebration. It was a bunch of Force ghosts, but then it was a bunch of Mandalorians dressed as Ghostbusters oh, yeah. using ah. their Ghostbuster pack on the Force ghosts. I love fantastic. That. Oh, that was great, man. I I've been thinking very hard about Celebration next year, and it was just like the UK though. Like if I thought Anaheim was going to be expensive, right. Yeah. Well, I'm going to be living in Spain at that time, so the oh. UK might not actually be too difficult. There we go. You do it, dude. I feel I feel like everyone should go to Celebration once it's, in their lifetime. It's on my bucket list. I mean, I'm probably going to go to our own little mini celebration here oh. after this. Oh, we have one here. It's well, a Lilac City Comic Con is happening right now. Oh wow! I know. I, I know the the person who. Well, I I worked for the person who ran it. Yeah, um, it's it's happening this weekend. Oh, so right tomorrow. Booker so. T's here from the WWE. <laughs> wow! <I> don't <laughs> care. Um, cra- crazy for me because I do love Booker T. Um, that's that's great. Now, Jeff, before we like talk about Obi Wan Kenobi, I want like you know there was some more celebration announcements um, over the weekend, like after we recorded, and um, I want to get your feel on something that you've been highly anticipating for a very very long time. Um, how do you feel about Babu Freak being in the Mandalorian season three? <laughs> I think you're confusing me for you because that's that's your thing. Where are my you're... freaks at? Where are my freaks at? I love him. <laughs> I love Babu Freak. I love him so much. Uh, he's. Cute. I thought you were gonna. I thought you were gonna talk about the um the what the path of the Jedi that's gonna talk about. It's basically, from what I understand. Uh, you know, among other things, it's it's going to focus on multiple characters, but it's going to basically adapt the Ahsoka novel into the, like the the whole novel, style. or just the, the that intro. that's kind of what it looked like to me. Um, oh, okay. So, Tales of the Jedi is like a a, a, a a what what do you call it when like they're all like uh, an separate, anthology, like, like an anthology of like different characters. You're going to have young yeah. Count Dooku. Stories I'm stoked for that one. Yeah, that'll yeah, be good. More Qui Gon Jin content. Qui Gon stuff. There's going to be mm-hmm. Mace Windu stuff. 
Yeah, uh, Ahsoka, but, like when she was a ba- baby Ahsoka, you know, Star Wars yeah, loves babies. Yeah, like little Ahsoka, you know, Clone Wars era Ahsoka, and then adult Ahsoka. So like there's going to be three episodes from what I've read yeah. about her. I don't know That's about the cool. rest of them. And but then, I mean, that that sold me on the show. Like, oh, there's going to be more Ahsoka stuff. Okay, you can stop yeah. talking. Well, I'm right? watch. Like, I, that's all I need to know. Well, when I first heard about it, I thought it was just going to be like, oh, we're, it's going to be like a different animation style. It's like going to be like its own like weird little thing. And it's Clone Wars animation. Like it's yeah. very, which I was like, whoa, wait, we're getting. Which is awesome. <laughs> and yeah. not like just Clone Wars, but like season seven Clone Wars animation. The good like, animation. Yeah. <laughs> right. Which also uh, means. Oh, go ahead, Kelly. No, you go ahead. Finish it up. I was going to say, which also means that Ashley Eckstein's going to come back which mm-hmm. is fantastic because I love her. She's great. You know? I really, really want a Star Wars What If series. Yeah. yeah. I isn't really want. Isn't that basically what Visions is? I mean, but, really, but, that's kind of it, well, what it is. Yes, but I want a What If of like, what if Anakin turned Palpatine in? What if, Ooh, uh, yeah, okay. what if, what if Ben was the good guy and Ray was the bad guy? What if, you know, um, general grievous like was somehow didn't turn into a robot or something like that i don't know any like what those kind of what like, if what if porkins pulled up when they told him to yeah. yes yeah what yes if, what if jar jar binks didn't give emergency powers to the supreme chancellor what right? if jar jar binks was a sith oh that, oh, that the the other things that were announced in celebration was the Badge Batch season two is coming this year, which is kind of uh-huh. crazy because Tales of the Jedi is also coming this year and Andor <laughs> and Andor and oh. uh, Genji from the Clone Wars, the Wookiee Jedi uh, youngling is alive. Which is it ever- Genji or Gunji? Gunji. Oh yeah, probably Gunji because there's a Gunji. Yes. Yeah, uh, Genji. Pretty sure is probably Genji thing. is an old Japanese novel. Yeah, or Ganja, you know. <laughs> Oh yeah, um, that's gonna be exciting. I, I I enjoyed Bad Batch season one. I I really hope season two is um better. <laughs> I really want to know more about why Omega exists. Well, mm. probably well season two. Like that that's what but, I want to know about. And I mean, we're gonna need to get in some of these later period things. Be it you know the like these shows set in the Imperial period or in the post-imperial period like Mandalorian, she's got to, there's got to be some reference to her somewhere. Otherwise, what's the point? Because right. obviously she wasn't around in the original trilogy, but we already know that not everybody was. Like Ahsoka was, you know, doing other things, which is why she wasn't in the movies. Mm-hmm. You know, so, so she's, if, if she exists, then she has to have been doing something somewhere at some time, you know? Like, right, exactly. Um and then the, the actual thing that you're excited about, Jeff, was uh, we won't talk about it because the footage was never released, but we got oh, footage yeah. of Ahsoka uh, <laughs> and, the, and uh, the reveal like at the panel, like if this wasn't a cutscene or anything of like who's going to be playing Sabine, which uh, yeah. I'm not familiar with the actress, but, you know, Asian representation. I love it. Like, yeah. I mean, I was really pulling for for Tia Sirkar to, to be able to do it because, mm-hmm. I mean, she's she voiced uh sabine and you know like if you've seen her she definitely looks the part too so mm-hmm. but i mean i'm sure i forget i forget i've already forgotten the actress's name who they got to do it i mean i'm sure she'll do an excellent job and i'm looking forward to it because sabine is another character that i love yeah did mm-hmm. you did you watch the leak stuff um i i saw 
a bit of it. And then I figured it's like, yeah, I don't want to watch. I don't want to watch this because it's going to come out officially later and the quality is going to be a lot better. And I don't want to, you know, like spoil, spoil it by watching the really low quality leaked footage. The one thing that I saw that made me super duper stoked was, you know, the family portrait that Sabine makes at the end of season two of, of rebels. Yeah. 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 That has been recreated in live action. Yes, I did see. Which I saw makes that. me still... so, yeah. Yeah. Makes you know, me so happy. You know, like, cool. it's funny when I watched the footage, um, I skipped that part because I was like, oh, this is just part of the panel. They're just like, oh, of course, we're going to just show this, like the mural from Rebels as a thing, as a thing, you know, it's like, hey, did you like the trailer, everybody? Yeah. <laughs> and they showed the mural. And I didn't know, like, that was a continuation. I didn't know Sabine walked into, like, the uh, the mural to tell you, like, this is in the show. I'm like, oh, wow. That's just yeah. like the Re- Rebels is just Sabine's art style, huh? That's what they're doing. Which is, you know, and I'm glad they're carrying that over to the live action um, version because like being an artist is such a huge part of Sabine's character. Mm-hmm. Huge. Yeah. I love her Her style with her armor and stuff is like one of my favorite things in Star Wars. Well, and the fact that, you know, her, her Phoenix design was a huge inspiration on the Rebel insignia, you know? Like hold that's... on, hold on. I mean, oh, there we go. Ah, <laughs> there sick. it is. I need to get one. That's my it's, next. I, I love that. Was my very first tattoo, and I love it. Yeah. Well, folks, um, this is enough talking and reacting to some of the celebration <laughs> stuff. <laughs> some of, you know, the non Obi Wan stuff. Hey, right. you know, like uh, it's Star Wars, and we're eating. We're eating very soon. You know, like all this yeah. stuff. Uh, Andor, Tales of the Jedi, uh, Bad Batch. What else is coming, man? I mean, like, there's probably Ahsoka. Just a... There is Ahsoka I mean, like, comes next year. Skeleton yeah. Crew. Yeah, Skeleton uh, comes next year. Ro- Rogue Squadron movie supposedly oh, is next so. year. Supposedly. Yeah. Well, I, I think uh, I think they they're still like working on that. I think I, I was it was delayed last I heard. The but, the last uh, the last release date I saw was like December of 2023. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think it's Which it's is, probably going to get pushed back further because I think Patty, Patty Jenkins w- is still tied to the project, I think, but she yeah. is uh, too busy to have done anything with it. Who yeah. even knows? Yeah. And I you think know it, what they're going to do is yeah. they're just going to take uh, Top Gun Maverick footage and then just, you know, put X wings <laughs> on it and be like, yeah, it's Star Wars. That's what we want. That's what Dude. we want. Just Take all these old movies and just put Star Wars take, in it. No, no. Take the X-Wing book series. If you ever get a chance to read the X-Wing book series, mm-hmm. it is fantastic. If they just took that whole series and transposed it into live action, I would be so happy. Well, like, they'd have to make a few changes because that's old EU and there's some weird stuff in there. But Yeah, uh, but for the most part, the, the story is pretty well self-contained. Mm-hmm. And it's... it does have an impact though in there's a couple of one the second book in particular is all about freeing coruscant from the empire and that kind of happened at the end of return of the jedi so that one's not as big of a uh, there's some things you have to work around but just the stories in general my favorite character cornhorn comes from that book that book series and it's great anyways let's move on before we- yes yeah. yeah, so let's actually talk about obi-wan yeah. on this obi-wan podcast for certain right. uh but before we do i just want to remind the wayward artists out there that this is wayward movie servers where each and every saturday um i am going to try to post this today 
<laughs> for sure. Uh, we're recording this on a Saturday. Um, each and every Saturday, we sit down, react to TVs, movies, uh, shows, and review them and just geek out and talk about them. We've done Cobra Kai so far. Um, I guess the Book of Boba Fett was part of this. Like, <laughs> it wasn't really like part of the show, but it, it was kind of like the, the, the pilot. Proto version. Yes, proto. The, the pilot. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. The pilot version. So um, please go check it out. Subscribe. Um, Watch, listen to on podcast services anywhere, everywhere, everything with anything with the cast at the end. We're there. I was going to say including Facebook podcast, but we're not there anywhere. Um, <sighs> and then uh, Patreon, patreon.com slash wearable podcast. We're at the dollar level. You can buy me, buy me something off the dollar menu at McDonald's or at the $5 above level. You could support the show by getting exclusive perks and goodies, including episodes early, newsletters, hangouts, and possibly being guests on the show. So please go support me on patreon.com slash where we podcast. Uh, shout out to Jared Petty for being my podcast dad. And also happy pride month y'all. Woo. Oh yeah. yeah. There, you know, the, Oh, I love how star Wars has amazing representation in the movie. We get that too. Like we get those two lesbians kissing, you know? Yeah. Yeah. That was such a huge part, huge of, part of, of everyone remembers that that was, yeah. <laughs> but you know, so go go read a Star Wars book or comic because like there's a lot of queer people in there, and they're really they they really need to, need to get. I was just gonna say we need a live action Doctor Afra. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Now, um, let's start. Let's start with you, Kelly. Um, yep. real quick, what did, what did you think of Obi Wan Kenobi Part Three? <laughs> it was so good. Um, I loved um all of the little nods in in there like when Quinlan's name got dropped Mm -hmm. um all of that kind of stuff I loved the kind of ironic like call out of the current culture of the world with Feck or Freck however you say his name and then just simply the battle that ending Mm -hmm. battle was amazing and I think it's I think that ending battle is what's going to galvanize Obi-Wan Kenobi to be the man that we see at the end of Rebels when he faces Maul for the last time. Mm-hmm. Like, I think that's because up to this point, he's been very like sheltered and trying to hide his presence. And I think this moment makes him realize that he's not in a position to be able to protect Luke as well as he needs to from the anger of Darth Vader. So I think in the rest of the series going forward, we're going to see Kenobi dive way more into the force process, a lot more of his trauma. We're probably going to see, uh, we're going to get our um, Qui-Gon reveal probably in episode six after he's kind of processed that trauma and all those kinds of things. But I think this is, this is the major turning point for Kenobi as a, a character to become that grand master that we eventually see, you know, at the end of rebels and in episode four and that kind of stuff as well. Jeff, what do you think? Well, I I was laughing because I was wrong about literally everything. Like every single one of my predictions was not just wrong, but hilariously wrong. <laughs> uh, which which is great. I love that. I love when I can't predict what a show is going to do. Um, so that I had a lot of fun watching the episode. Uh, Vader was legitimately terrifying in this episode like he was he was like a horror movie villain which is kind of what he 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 should be uh and then um there were like like kelly said there were a bunch of little nods uh the the one that kind of got me was the uh the the tongue-in-cheek that's not how the force works (laughs) (laughs) true that was pretty funny and then i 
cannot be the only one who thought that uh, Freck was voiced by Seth Rogen at first. I, right? What, was it, he? It totally no, sounded Zach like Zach Braff. No, it was Zach Braff. Oh, that but was it Zach sounded Braff. like Seth Rogen. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> also, how close did we get to him saying hello there? Oh, yeah. yeah. Well, we got hello. He, watch Mojo actually. There. Watch Mojo actually made a joke about that. They're like, you know, they're, you know, it's like, Father, aren't you going to say hello? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just edging us on, you know. <laughs> mm-hmm. That's what it's um, all about. Yeah. Um. I. Oh, man, this episode is so cool. I mean. Not only that, but like uh, talking about just Darth Vader in this. Um, first of all, James Earl Jones sounded way better than he ever has. I don't I'm know pretty, if it was pretty sure they digitally, you know, so from, his voice. There's there's actually a, a an interesting concept. It's actually Hayden Christensen's voice, mm-hmm. or Hayden Christensen delivering the lines, and then they've used AI to amplify it, modify it to turn it into so it, James Earl Jones voice. It's exactly like I said, like last week when they, when they, except I said with like the old Toys R Us thingy that you right. would talk into it and it would modulate your voice to sound like Darth Vader. So they are doing that just more sophisticated. It's yeah. a lot more expensive. Yeah. <laughs> no, I, I just like, I, when I heard him, I was like, this is the Darth Vader. I remember as a, as a kid, like with the voice, but you, also, Oh, go ahead. Oh, cause I was going to say, cause you remember in rogue one, you could, you could hear in his voice that he was a lot older mm-hmm. delivering those lines exactly and because he's 91 now he's yeah. he's he's old just yeah. like you you would be able to hear that uh in his in his delivery in his lines so i think this was probably the way to go mm-hmm. um and it, it sounded great yeah but also like the menacing like aspect of vader or like the horror film aspect of it like i noticed a couple of like like um camera shots too like yeah like mm. that those like the, a little bit of a dutch angle on vader um mm-hmm. like appearing out of nowhere kind of like uh jason yeah. Voorhees, and you know like the fact that darth vader doesn't want to kill obi-wan like you can make like the argument of like Darth Vader could have like used the force and like force choked him. Like he could have done like a million things. So well, he does want to kill him, but he wants him to suffer first. Wants him to suffer first. Exactly. Mm -hmm. So it's just like, it's like, I don't know. He's like stalking, playing with his food type of deal. And it's just like, it was disturbing. And especially, it was really scary. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Especially since like, we know Obi-Wan to be like, you know, one of the best Jedi masters ever. And that was the other thing too, is like Ewan McGregor really sold that because he was scared, you know, like Obi-Wan was scared. And, Terrified. And that, yeah. And that translate, you know, that, you know, of course makes us as the audience scared as well. So like <laughs> a, huge props to Ewan McGregor's performance and that he really sold how, how scary Vader was right there. Yeah. And see, and you, you touched on kind of bring back to the point I made earlier. They're like, we know how good Obi-Wan is. Like we've seen how good he is in the or Clone Wars. Was. He's been he's been kind of sitting on his laurels for ten years, right? Sitting on and this, like I said before, this I think is going to be his big like I'm going to kick get kicked in the butt to put it back into train into mm-hmm. where I should be in order to be a good defender of the Skywalker child. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it's a good contrast to him in like Episode Four, where you know Darth Vader, like Obi Wan was like. Uh, I'm way better than you, man. Even if I die, I'm going to be way better than you. you strike <laughs> right. me down. I should become more Dude, what, powerful. How wild was that line? What have you become? I am yeah. what you made me. Uh, yeah, that was that, good. Oh, that gave me chills. Yeah. That's, A lot of chills. Yeah. But the, I think like the biggest chills I had with Darth Vader was seeing the ghost of Anakin Skywalker. At first I was like, 
who's that guy? Who's that guy in the hood? And you turn around, it's Hayden Christensen. <laughs> it's like it, that took me yeah. a second watch watch through to catch that that was Hayden Christensen. Yeah, that was so crazy. I mean, like this, the whole feel of this episode, and even like when you look back on like episode, episode two specifically, it has this vibe of an apocalyptic um, horror, almost like not horror, but like, like everything's dreary and like there's danger everywhere for our two like main heroes, Obi-Wan and Leia. And it's mm-hmm. like, it, it, there's like this apocalyptic feel to it. Like kind of like the last of us uh, in a sense, you know? Mm-hmm. And I, I really enjoyed that a lot about episode three. It's like, there's danger everywhere. You can't trust anybody, even Freck, who seems like a really nice guy, you know, like he gives him a ride and stuff like that, but he is a loyalist to the empire and even yeah. like kind of rats them out too uh, when they get mm-hmm. to the gate. So it's just like, there's nowhere safe for these characters. And it just, it kind of, you and it's funny because like we know where these characters end up later on, but yeah. like I, it, it's so good. It's good enough for me to feel like, oh wow, how are they going to get out of this? Yeah, <laughs> right. Well, and it's also that kind of like that kind of makes the the existence of the path, which is you know it's the underground railroad, mm-hmm. uh, that that makes it that much cooler, is you know because you realize what these characters who are part of this are risking being involved in that you know like what was her name uh, tala yeah mm-hmm. yeah uh and for you know when she first appeared i th- i thought we'd seen her before and it took me a second to realize oh wait no she's from game of thrones uh but, <laughs> yeah. but that's, uh but that's um the character who's in love with um yeah over on yeah. martel, martel yeah it's also the mandalorian <laughs> yeah so we're we get some nice uh cross casting here but uh you know like so characters like her who are like you know, putting everything on the line. And then she talks about how like she she saw, she joined up with the Empire back when she thought they stood for something. And then when she realized what they were, it was too late to, to get out. So she might as well, she's on the inside, she might as well do something good. You know, mm-hmm. and I thought that was really cool. I, yeah, her character, the whole Underground Railroad, like moving people through that whole scene of finding the safe house and all that kind of stuff. One of the the details I really loved about Feck was the um, the hand-painted Imperial symbol yeah. that he put on the back of it. Like that little detail of like, he went through the time to find and make his own thing to apply to his like these, thing, yeah. Yeah, it's like these guys that drive around with the flag on the back of their pickups, you know? Yep. Right. Exactly. It, yeah. Um, the other thing I want to talk about, like real quick, um, like Fortress Vader on Mustafar. I love how they made it like, yes, this is Mustafar. Like we all, we always knew it was Mustafar, but like in Rogue One, it was kind of, is that Mustafar? You know, mm-hmm. like, I feel like the new Star Wars content and stuff like that was always just like, specifically when it came to like recognizable planets, you they always show it from a different perspective and your head is just like, is that really is it? Mm-hmm. I don't know. You, I, I never, I never got that feeling from. Yeah. I, I always, I always knew it was Mustafar, but mm-hmm. that, maybe i'm just weird like that but yeah but like this looked like the mustafar from episode three like with mm-hmm. the lava flowing kind of like symbolizing dark yeah. like rage and anger like during this time like he was really on top of his game but also you know like in the comics i think darth vader takes over that fortress like that fortress has always been there but like i like to imagine darth vader has like an interior designer and he's like mm-hmm. yes i would like to have a throne room where with uh with an overlook of the lava. <laughs> I was just 
I was thinking about that when I watched it, you know, like the idea of Vader just like, I need a room that's just empty with windows and a chair and I'm just going to sit there. And, you know? Yeah, this is, this is not a throne room. This is my brooding room. This is where yeah. I sit and I brood. Exactly. Like, I, I just like imagine like the stereotypical gay characters like, oh, <laughs> like, I love I love this is the Star Wars the- version of the Fab Five. Exactly. <laughs> that's what I thought, too. Yeah. I, lo- I love thinking of of like things that villains do stuff like stuff that looks really impressive on screen, but like the background when they're setting kind of like when I was talking about third sister's hairstyle last week, it looks really cool, but then you have to imagine her, you know, getting up in the morning and styling her hair and like Vader's throne room. It looks really impressive. And then you got to think about like, he had to design this and arrange this and, you know, set this up. Uh, It's, it's funny. Or like Dooku trimming his his beard. Like you ever think about that? Does he oh, have yeah. like a little lightsaber mustache trimmer where he? Yeah. How about how about it? The uh, the Fortress Inquisitorius with all of those youngling mm-hmm. lightsabers and helmets in the background. Oh, I didn't it's see. So they had to set those up. You yeah. Know? No. Like, so in the in the the main room where the Inquisitors were all hanging out on that back wall <laughs> where you had the red strip was uh-huh. a bunch of lightsabers and a bunch oh. of like youngling helmets and stuff like that that they had killed oh. and, and that kind of stuff you all think the time one of the inquisitors oversaw that it's like no 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 re- re- put it you know rearrange that put it like you know they're just <laughs> yeah. that was what they did that day you know uh, to be perfectly honest if i were thinking about it in star wars term what i probably think happened is somebody like it was a probably a rite of passage to become an inquisitor was to go and kill a jedi and then just go and put you put that lightsaber on there there that person's lightsaber oh, yeah. on there as part well, of that process there it could be case. because now I don't know if they carried this over into canon or not, but you know, in in the old in the EU, like part of your Sith training back when the Sith were you know in the shadows for a thousand years, is because they had no access to Kyber crystals. Is you would have to kill a Jedi and take their Kyber crystal for to make your own lightsaber, mm-hmm. right? So it could be something like that. That, that happened actually in the comics. One of the Vader comics, Vader had to go and kill a Jedi and take his lightsaber or take yeah. his crystal to they, make his yeah. own lightsaber. Yeah, they, so call, I it, mean, they call it bleeding. Uh, crystal, bleeding the, crystal. Well, that's, yeah, they bleed it to turn it red, mm-hmm. right? And so like that was how the Sith got their lightsabers for a thousand years is you would have to, and you not only would you have to kill a Jedi, but you would have to do it without anybody knowing because we're supposed to be secret, you mm-hmm. know? So th- that that would make sense for that to be like a, an initiation, right, for the Inquisitors to kind of keep that going. Yeah. And no. um, going back to Fortress Inquisitorius, like it's really cool how much they pulled from um, the Jedi Fallen Order. Um, it's pretty much like a very nice replica- uh, replication of that, including yeah. like the, the, the room that they were in being underwater and all that. Um, I learned from Star Wars Explained that Jedi Survivor is supposed to take place during obi-wan kenobi yeah, like concurrently uh-huh. right Concurren- it's like yeah almost going on right now almost concurrently so you would have to assume like that fortress is like you know it's been through some shit <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well and then what was i gonna say oh when we first get there like when she flies in she i mean first of all she's got her her villain walk down mm-hmm. that was and the, the i like the music that they had going with it while she's walking through the fortress mm-hmm. uh so i mean that like that's a nice new piece of music that they had and then to see that the inquisitors are still you know in fighting and so well i mean it's kind of you would expect them to but right can you imagine like the office scuttlebutt though that like happens at that like somebody sits down 
I heard Seventh Sisters not very happy with Fifth Brother. <laughs> oh, spill that tea. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> no, exactly. But um, going back to like the Inquisitors too, um, they never specifically mentioned that the Grand uh, Inquisitor is dead. You know, like oh. it, even when Reva was like going to talk about. Like from what I like, what I saw when Revo was going to talk about the Grand Inquisitor, Darth Vader just interrupts her. So, mm-hmm. you know, we don't know where he's at, but you know, I think like there was enough backlash that one of the creators were like, "Hey, just so you know, we're not going to say anything, but we absolutely respect canon." <laughs> yeah, no, there's there's definitely. I think if if you've seen read one of the Vader comics, there's a, a panel about. <laughs> where the spirit of the Grand Inquisitor is having a conversation with Vader and asking to be released from Vader's service. Mm-hmm. I think this moment where she killed him mm-hmm. is where that transaction happens, where the Inquisitor's soul becomes bound to Vader. Wow. That's, I think, good. I think that's a good one. I good think one. that's what's happening right now. That's a good one. That's is a good re- one. Yeah, because I think the, the comic is real... Because it, it quite literally is, it's the Inquisitor's soul is on fire in the, like the imagery of it and that kind of stuff. It's, it's tragic. So when he says things like there's fates worse than, worse than death right before he dies in Rebels, I'm pretty certain he's already died more than once. And he's just letting himself die again and he'll be quote unquote resurrected back in, you know, Ed Fader's palace or something like that. However, that well, works. Well, no, because after that, the, the only time we see him after that is when uh, Kanan is having his vision in the temple and he speaks to he speaks to the Grand Inquisitor back, you know, when he was still a temple guard. And right. He, and that's when Kanan becomes a, a, a Jedi Knight. Yeah. So Jedi Master. A, no, a knight. Oh, a knight. You're right. You're was knight. He became a knight at that time. And right. uh and so like we can assume that whatever had been binding his spirit at that you know had been removed by that time or that's just a force projection and not actually yeah i mean that's also possible the force works in mysterious ways man that's all i'm saying yeah well we're gonna have to wait and see what happens to the grand inquisitor in the next couple episodes but um mm-hmm. god what else to talk about um what did you guys yeah what did you guys think like let's go into detail about the fight like like what was going through your guys's mind like during the fight with uh it, it was quite literally like watching anger incarnate confront its it, the source of its pain. Oh yeah, <laughs> that's what it felt. Like. Was, he was just bashing on him. Like Obi Wan was like, "Shit, shit, shit." Yeah. I can't. Well, that's what I say before. You know, th- that fight is the thing that shows Obi Wan that he is not prepared mm-hmm. to do what needs to be done to defend Luke. Oh yeah, he is with with way just out how, of practice. Way out of practice, doesn't know how to attune to the force, trying to keep himself hidden and out of the way and all that kind of stuff. And, and it's he's, just... he's letting his fear control him, you know. Like he was so visibly afraid that mm-hmm. you know, like that's not that's not what you're supposed to. And this is like this is the same Obi Wan who, when he faced Dooku, said Sith Lords are our speciality. <laughs> he, he fought he fought a four armed man <laughs> with lightsabers. Yeah, yeah but. He didn't fight neither of them. He had the emotional depth with that he had exactly. with Anakin. Uh-huh. Yeah. Do you think there was a part of him that was like, like he knew that and he was playing it strategically of like running away. So he, it gives time for Leia to escape. No, I think that like was just a little bit, just a, well, just a little bit like the fear. Well, and also, well, I, I mean, he knew that he, I mean, that was what he was trying to do is he was trying, cause I see that's what he said. He says, I'll lead him away. Mm-hmm. But I mean, like, I think, the fear was was absolutely genuine he did not expect to survive 
No, I think he went, he went that way realizing that he was going to die. Yeah. Especially when you get cooked, you know, talk about karma, you know, right. That whole oh my God. him getting burnt was like so fucking disturbing. I, yeah, I didn't expect that. I like when I was, Vader just kind of like leans down to light it on fire, you know, like, mm-hmm. yeah, no, that, that one blew my mind. That's the other thing, too, that Vader was able to not only, you know, hold him in his grip and lift him up. And then but normally when two force wielders are, are facing each other, like you can protect yourself from being, you know, overwhelmed by your opponents that's why they have lightsabers to, in the first place is because they can't overwhelm each other with the force so the, the very fact that vader was able to just completely dominate obi-wan with the force like that shows just how out of sync obi-wan really is mm-hmm. well he's he's like luke at that point he's completely cut himself off from the force to not be able to be found mm-hmm. and that because i think that's what brought the inquisitors initially to or help the inquisitors find the the one guy in the first episode was that he was still using the force and still being active with the force and that kind of stuff and i think that's what it's kind of like an anchor like we saw in rebels they're kind of like an anchor for the inquisitors to come and find them yeah mm-hmm. and going back to luke too um there were a lot of like imagery of uh the empire strikes back um like just a couple of things like you know when obi-wan hits like the fog thing and vader gets like yeah. mystified and uh you know vader using one hand to like uh fight obi-wan because like he can he's like <laughs> i was mm-hmm. like this is nothing to me i'm just like i'm toying around with you like there were like those little callbacks like i, I saw that and i was like oh that's like, sick. i am not left-handed yeah <laughs> <laughs> um but yeah and you know like also go- talking about metaphors too um them being kind of separated by fire like and that's how obi-wan that's what Obi-Wan used like mm. for them to escape. Question. But, yeah. Okay. This is this is a question. I didn't notice it on my first viewing, but I noticed it when I watched it the second time. So Vader's dragging Obi-Wan through the fire. He's like saying all of his intimidating shit. And then he goes and he and he snuffs out the fire. Right. And then he then he intimidates Obi-Wan some more. And then Tala shoots the thing, reignites the fire. Vader's like, whoa. And then he just walks away. Why doesn't he snuff out the fire again? He already did it once. He can yeah. he can clearly do that. Why does he let Obi Wan go? He like and I mean he doesn't even like after them. He just like eh whatever. And I, he just he just leaves. Like what the fuck was that? I think it has something to do with the fact that he started the fire the first time, whereas when she exploded it the second time, it was a lot probably a lot more then he may have had the capability of controlling because she exploded the tank, which Uh, then brought out more of the flammable, whatever objects they were, crystals or liquid or whatever you have there. So there just may have been too much for him to, to try and do. Maybe that's, that's my one way of explaining it. Not saying I necessarily think it's right, but that's my one way of explaining it. I mean, I, it's gotta be something. Cause like that, that did seem really weird to me. Cause like the the other thing is like, Oh, go ahead, Jeff. Yeah, go ahead, Jeff. No, that was uh, that was the end. I was totally <laughs> well. I was gonna think. I was gonna say maybe maybe Darth Vader wants Obi Wan to fight in his prime. You know, like it's that warrior. Um, it's that are, warrior. Are you thing. saying that Darth Vader is Vegeta? Oh, he, uh, I I don't know any. Dra- I, I don't know Dragon Ball. So oh, okay. Yeah, sorry. I mean, <laughs> he floated into a Sith temple on top of his own Tie Fighter. If well, that's not drama incarnate, I don't know what yeah. it is. Yeah, okay. I mean, like, yeah, I mean, like you know, Darth Vader, like 
can tell that Obi-Wan is not himself. Like when he had the moment when Darth Vader ignites his lightsaber, like Darth Vader was ready to fight Obi-Wan, but then Obi-Wan runs away. And even he, I feel like even he, like you can't even see it on his face because of his mask, but he's like, there's something off here. <laughs> this is Obi-Wan, what? but it's, it's not the one I fought on Mustafar. Like I want to fight that guy. You know, I want him to be at his best so I can like fuck him up harder, you know? Like Maybe. he had, yeah, he had, he had every opportunity to kill Obi Wan there. I, I just feel like he made he. It's a pride thing. Like he wants to fight Obi Wan at his best. Well, and and again, it's not so much. He, I mean, he could have killed him, but we we already said like that's not what he wants. He wants Obi Wan to suffer and mm-hmm. then die. Yeah, there's also um like a theory going around that um with the burns that Obi Wan is sustained from this fight, it's the reason why he fights much slower in Episode Four. <laughs> Not because it was shitty back in the seventies, but I, I, yeah, it's like, but not because they had fragile lightsabers that couldn't actually make contact with each other, and it was, you know, like it, that has nothing to do with it. Yeah, yeah, but like we saw, I, I I always go back to Rebels because that's the one that I I love watching. That one, that particular mm-hmm. moment of between Maul and and Obi Wan. Yeah, he's not. I mean he's very much so in control of his body and very much so understanding. I think it's just simply a matter of fact that they're old. He's older at that point. He's older. Well, and also both of them are, you know, masters and in control. And Mm -hmm. like, if you like, even in real world fencing, like stage combat fencing, is like, you know, like flailing around. Whereas like real fencing is like, you know, Mm -hmm. like you're barely moving the sword at all. Mm -hmm. You know, like, Mm-hmm. Right, so the the more and they they're both the 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 fight is more in the mind like they're visualizing what the other person's going to do they're you know very slightly tweaking their stance to counter that and then the other guy counters that and then you know it, it's mm-hmm. uh yeah I just know like when Vader and Darth uh, Vader and Obi-Wan Vader and Darth Vader I was going to say <laughs> um when Vader and Obi-Wan meet each other again it's going to be it's going to be a great it's going to be Obi-Wan Kenobi, the Obi-Wan Kenobi that we know. Um, let's just say maybe this was Ben Kenobi. <laughs> like it's just December 1st. This is Ben Kenobi and we're, like, we're ready for Obi-Wan Kenobi to come and, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. you know, almost kill Vader. But no, of course he's not going to die. I, I would love like like a theory thing for me, for me is we get kind of like a Vader versus Ahsoka moment where just like a part of his mask is removed and we can hear Hayden Christensen's voice. Episode two, uh, season two finale of Star Wars Rebels. Yeah, exactly. That. Like we get that moment, but with Obi Wan, you know. Okay, it's, I see what you're be, saying. It, it would be kind of neat. I don't know. I just want to hear. I want to hear Hayden Christensen talk. Like I just I, that I just would be cool. Either I've heard rumor. I don't know if it's true or not, but I've heard rumor that there are, were scenes shot with Anakin and with Hayden and and Ewan in their like Clone Wars era clothing. Having co- like a conversation too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, Hayden. Cool. Well, Hayden is um, rumored. Well, I don't know if he's rumored or confirmed, but um, he is going to be in the. The plan is he's going to be in the Ahsoka series. Oh, cool. Yeah, that'd be great. So, um, we'll see. Flashbacks there. Clone Wars. I, I just want Clone Wars. Anakin. Which, that'd be sick. Now, if that is the case, because we were talking last week about how you know if they were to put Ahsoka into this show, they would need to recast for a younger Ahsoka. So if they're going to do flashbacks to Clone Wars, in a, I mean, they're going to have to do that anyway. Mm-hmm. They're going to mm-hmm. have to cast someone as a younger Ahsoka. 
Maybe they'll just de-age Ashley Eckstein and call it good. Yeah. <laughs> we'll see. I don't know. Um, but I, I do want I want to go into now um Leia and Obi-Wan's relationship in this. Um I really loved more of the Padme nods, man. I, I love it. Mm-hmm. Like where where Obi-Wan screwed up uh Leia's uh, fake name, <laughs> like to the stormtrooper. Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. I was like just and, and it's like, are you my dad? And it's like, I wish I was. It would have been so simple. Like life would have been so <laughs> simple if I was your dad. And then like Obi-Wan talking about like the Jedi and you kind of like feel bad because like for Obi-Wan for a little bit, because like he was from what he said, like he was pulled away from his family and he can only yeah. glim- like briefly remember a mother and a father and even a brother. And a brother? What's that right? about? There's brother. another Kenobi out there? <laughs> well, so fun, fun factoid in the original telling of it, Owen Lars was supposed to be Obi-Wan's well, brother. Yeah. Yeah, that was before the you know whole Vader is your father thing. All the references, all the references in A New Hope to Luke's father were supposed to be about Obi Wan. Uh, right. Yeah, um, and you know Obi Wan comes from the planet Stujan too. Stujan, so. yeah, I'm gonna say that. The one that uh, the one that got me was the uh, when he described what the Force was like. Oh, that was where good. he's that was so so well written, so well portrayed. That whole, you know, it's like when the lights come on and you feel safe. Yeah. That's yeah. what it's like. Uh, well, and then the way the way Leia was written in this episode, I really like this is how I wish she had been written, you know, in the first two episodes. Because like she was on it, she was, you know, she's still clearly a kid, but she understands the gravity of the situation. She's she's handling it well, you know, it was. It, well, it, it, it felt almost like a completely different character from the one that we saw in episode two. And I, it, well, this, the, I, like, I liked her in this episode. I think part of that comes down to the fact that this is the first time she's ever had to be in a situation where she had this gravity and this understanding. It took the first two episodes for her to realize, because I mean, up to that point, she's 10. She has had the run of the castle. She's had security details everywhere. She's lived this life of opulence and understanding for lack of better context, she would absolutely have said, let them eat cake because she doesn't know any different. Mm. She, so, and I think that's what the first two episodes demonstrated is how much for how disconnected she's been from the world because she's lived this life of opulence with the Organas. And wow. now that she's, now that she's, I think where the turning point was, was when she fell and Obi-Wan caught her because mm-hmm. nobody else was there to catch her. Mm-hmm. nobody else was going to do that for her. So realizing that, oh, this is what danger is really like and understanding people that are going after him and all that kind of stuff, that's really what turned her and kind of gave her the understanding of, oh, this is this is real. I need to pay attention. Yeah. yeah and I can, I can get behind that. And like, I like, I like where her, her arc is going now. And so I'm I'm kind of I'm kind of back on board the Leia train at this point. Well, and how how well she adapted to it mm-hmm. once she understood, like she immediately took the lead when talking to Feck or to Freck yeah. about all that stuff. I'm never gonna get his name right, but talking to him and like he Obi-Wan's like, you don't talk. And then she just took the lead and and was like, here's all the stuff, let's go. Exactly so. as Leia would. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's also funny because like uh, Tala said that she was going to meet them there, but they were already gone. 
And it was, and, but you remember that she was the one that was like, Hey, look, let's get a ride with that guy. Hey, you know? Yeah. <laughs> well, also kind of Obi-Wan put in her head that no one was showing well, up. And I like, mean, he, he, and he did straight up say to Tala that I didn't expect anybody to come. So yeah. Right. You know. Question for you guys. Do you think Obi-Wan was about to give up? Like when, uh, when the, all those stormtroopers were coming along, like, I don't know if, if, if I was Obi-Wan in that situation, maybe I would have like ignite my lightsaber use the like I maybe use he, what little bit of the force i have he always but see, i mean he always knew that he had that in his back pocket but it was that's his godzilla threshold you know oh, like it's, yeah. you know you once you cross that line you can't uncross it so like mm-hmm. make sure that you have absolutely no other options because i mean he he deli- he made a point of bringing his lightsaber along that's so, i mean he, like i say he 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 knew that he always had that option if he absolutely needed it. But I don't think that he would have, he would have done that unless there was literally nothing else he could have done. I agree. Um, I want to talk about uh, Reva here in, in just a second, but I would like to kind of make a statement about her. Um, just recently, we learned that uh, a lot of quote unquote Star Wars fans were uh, sending her racist and inappropriate messages. Because Basically, of course they were. Yeah, absolutely. But Kudos to Star Wars. Like, I feel like for the first time ever, like actually sticking up to their, uh, for their characters, <laughs> like who are in like their property, not just like, you know, they, they had that whole message with John Boyega, like during the Black Lives Matter movement and stuff like that like, a couple of years ago. But, mm-hmm. you know, for the first time ever, like someone actually like working on the, like Kelly Marie Tran needed this message. Ahmed yeah, Best, yeah um, Ahmed Best, Jake Lloyd, all these people needed that. Message. I think. Um, I, I was gonna say I think that this is the reason we have this message is because of all the bullshit that Kelly Marie, Marie Tran went through. Exactly. Yeah, and, they were like, "Well, we fucked that up. We botched that. We got to make sure we do better the next time." Exactly. Yeah. And I think that, that's why we have that. I want to like just reiterate that Star Wars is for everybody. I mean, like, where this is like fiction. Like, and if your problem is like a person, a black person, or an Asian person, or someone from the LGBT community can exist. Uh, like exist in Star Wars these people fuck aliens man like everyone everyone in Star Wars is probably a little bisexual like they have to be like you get aliens you can fuck robots like these it's just like there's people with magic like one of the most one of the most popular relationships in in modern Star Wars is is across species mm -hmm. you know you've got a human and a Twi'lek uh you know and they have a kid together for Christ's sake yeah so uh, shut the fuck up, especially when Obi Wan Kenobi tells you you're racist and you're awful. Like, yeah. I would, I would just pack it up at that point. You're, you're not part of the fandom. Um, but also, I just want to acknowledge, like, any criticism that we have of Moses Ingram, it's directed to her character in the show. I, I think she's doing an amazing Which, job with. At, you know, at this point, I have no criticisms at all. I love mm-hmm. her character. I think her performance is fantastic. Mm-hmm. And like I say, she she really had that intimidating villain walk down when yeah. she's mm-hmm. entering the fortress. That w- that was a really it was completely unnecessary because she wasn't doing anything. She was just walking from the ship to the conference room. But it was it it let us just see who this character was, mm-hmm. you know. And it was it yep. was really impressive, and I liked it a lot. That was really cool. I think I think the part of the reason that she kind of got opened up to all of the hatred she did outside of people being racist and bullshit is that she, she portrayed that character so well, Um, it it was written in such a way that you weren't supposed to like that character. (laughs) We were not supposed to be happy with her character at all. And she she killed it. She absolutely killed it. She's fantastic. 
I, I'm definitely like warming up to her. Um, I don't think yeah. this was the episode for me where I'm like, yeah, like, uh, like I'm excited for her. I'm still really excited to like see where we kind of go from there, especially mm-hmm. with all the theories I heard from people, like, you know, her listening to Obi-Wan Kenobi's message from Rebels, you know, this is Master Obi-Wan oh, yeah. Kenobi. And like mm-hmm. her being like, fuck, I'm stuck in the Jedi Temple. I need people to come help me. And here's Obi-Wan Kenobi telling people, not to go to the Jedi Temple when there's other, you know, Jedi survivors. TM. And she <laughs> yeah. she was clearly triggered by that carving of the Jedi insignia in the safe house. Yeah. That, yes. That really set set her off. So yeah. we're mm-hmm. we're we're getting we're probably getting a good arc from her eventually. I think. Well, I think they're setting it up very much so. She she's going to be the tragic character because you know she's going to get killed either by Vader or the Grand Inquisitor at the end of the episode. Obi Wan's not going to kill her. No. Yeah. Vader or vader or the grand inquisitor or shit the fifth brother even i don't know but now i i I think it's going to be vader or the grand inquisitor probably the other thing but see i i I wouldn't want vader to do it because he already killed the second sister we like we've already done that you know but only if you've played the game yeah if you've not it's it's and it's a glove shit it's a glove shit moment uh was i was gonna add to to kelly Mm -hmm. like uh oh i know so and so like from star wars like mm-hmm. as like the uh, to an average person it'd be like uh, who <laughs> and, and just how much more like not that we need it but how much more does that, that just solidify the horrific nature of darth vader at that point and the horrific fall of anakin skywalker mm-hmm. he wouldn't have done that to rex he wouldn't no. have do, he wouldn't do that to cody but, but he, i mean we i mean we've known who vader was since the very beginning like when he's having a casual conversation with piet while he's choking ozel who's standing right next to him he's just like you know please you know don't ignore me choking this guy to death while we're having this conversation you know what i mean like Mm -hmm. he's been that way the whole time so and i think i mean i could see i could see her killing him i mean i mean him killing her but it just it feels like rehashing the same story beat that we did in Fallen Order. And I understand that not everybody played the game and everything, but mm-hmm. it, it's it's kind of the same beats, you know? And so like if mm-hmm. the Grand Inquisitor kills her, or if you know one of the other inquisitors kills her or or something, I think I would I would like that more. But you know, I was wrong about everything from last week, so who can tell? <laughs> Where do you think we go from from here? Now that I don't like the know, as, like the assumption right now is that Reva's captured Leia. Yeah. Um, do you think? And, and obviously, Darth Vader is not going to know that Leia is his daughter because Darth Vader and mm-hmm. Leia have had what appears to be, at least according to Episode Four, several like um, interactions. Yeah, they they uh, they know each other. They're on a first name basis. Do you think uh, they meet? Like Darth Vader sees this girl, and he's like, possibly. Uh, I mean, obviously. In addition to knowing she exists, but not knowing she's his daughter, he's also unaware that she's force sensitive. Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. Or the, or they would have done something about that. So, like, I don't think they're going to find that out. Or if they do, it's not going to get back to Vader before, you know, she's rescued or whatever. So, so what's, I think what's going to happen is Reva's going to take Leia herself and hide her somewhere in an attempt to, to steal the glory of getting Obi-Wan. Yeah. So she's gonna take she's gonna take Leia, hide her off somewhere, not tell Vader she has her, and try and get yeah. Obi Wan to come to her, well, and um and and then she's and then I I have a feeling Leia is gonna escape from her, and then that's gonna that's what's gonna eventually cause her to 
to fall from grace with Vader. Yeah. Because, I mean, this wouldn't be the first time she's gone behind everyone's backs to try and get Obi-Wan herself. Yeah, absolutely. Which, so, By the way, I'm thinking, like, what does she think is going to happen when she gets Obi-Wan by herself? I mean, he's out of practice, but she can't take him. Like, come on. She you, doesn't you know that. I mean, you, you would think that she does, though. I mean, like, Obi-Wan was one of the most decorated one of the most venerated one of the most highly skilled jedi in the order during the clone wars and yes he's 10 years out of practice and he's but i mean like she she can't take him and she has to know that like she's, i don't know I think, what she thinks is going to happen i think she's so angry and so hurt by him and by obi-wan in general that she is going to try her best to to get what she wants. She's deluded herself into thinking that because she wants it enough that she can make it happen. And or... and she's got access to these new powers that she didn't have before. So that's going to make mm-hmm. her feel even more powerful. Maybe. Um, I, I think I think there is a personal stake with Reva and Obi Wan that's going to drive. That's what's yeah. driving her to the point of trying to get it. And she's trying to get her. I think either one of two things is happening. Either she's trying to get her own vindication of who, mm-hmm. like she's got her own trauma that she needs to process and justify, or she is trying to gain power and popularity to become Darth Vader's direct apprentice. I, well, which is what, I think that's what she ultimately wants. You yeah. know, like she wants to be the Grand Inquisitor, which itself is a stepping stone to being Vader's apprentice, which, you know, like this is this is what she wants. But like the idea, like, you know, gathering up these random Jedi like that other guy that they found in the first episode, like even that guy, there were three of them. There were three Inquisitors there to get that guy. And like, it, unless you unless you attack Jedi in numbers, like you have multiple Inquisitors uh, and or some purge troopers and other things, like Makes you're sense. not going to win. You're just not mm-hmm. going to. And like, it's, I remember... One of my favorite scenes from from Rebels is when uh, Kanan and Ezra are being, you know, attacked by the the fifth brother and the seventh sister, and they're kind of losing ground. And then Ahsoka just appears and just freaking curb stomps them, like with yeah. no effort at all. Like doesn't even break a sweat, and mm-hmm. she just like wipes the floor with them. And like that's what would happen to Inquisitors when they were going up against, you know, fully trained Jedi. You know, and Obi Wan is is one of those, and I don't know. Yeah, no, I think it's it's going to be interesting to watch. I am excited for helicopter sabers, though. That's the next yeah. thing that I'm looking for. <laughs> oh, oh, okay, yeah, uh, we we did see him spinny, but yeah. I, well, I there I, there have been I have heard rumor that writers have said yeah. it's happening in the show. Yeah, We're well, I heard to- I heard from a friend, Rupert friend, that. He, he he does well. He hasn't seen Rebels, which is crazy. Uh, <laughs> um, he know all oh, these lightsabers—they fly. You know they can make you fly, and I'm like, he wouldn't know that which, if you if you watch the show. So doesn't make sense because even if the lightsaber blade was solid mass, which it isn't, uh, it doesn't have the you know the pitch, the angle, a thing of a helicopter blade, and that's not moment. how helicopters work. Yeah. Well, I, let us have this moment. According to <laughs> Star Wars Explain, I think it's the actual hilt that like yeah, it's like it? like repulsors in the hilt that just and the spinning is just for show. Yeah. So yeah, so like you know, Anakin's lightsaber could probably fly and make you fly if it had the right 
mechanisms in it <laughs> was because they've got that circular thing and like yeah. you know around so like that thing has like repulsors on it that yeah. just kind of like and then fire downward what, well that's what has to they have to have something like that in order to make them spin in general because mm-hmm. yeah. they just kind of just hold their hand there and then it just starts spinning around it yeah, yeah, so maybe they get the the spinning force, and then the the repulsors that are making it spin, they just angle it downward to lift them off. The I don't know. Yeah, it's sorry, it's just dumb. But it's, I love it. Yeah, it's I mean, we've got people, you know, pulling star destroyers out of the sky with the force. So mm-hmm. that's not canon. That's that's anymore. EU. Anymore. Yeah, that's EU. Did you forget astral projection too? Like, Should if you want to talk canon. canon, which you know, talk uh, real quick. I just want to talk about that astral projection scene in the last jedi when i saw it um uh, when kylo ren struck luke down i freaked out i thought like okay we're gonna have an obi-wan kenobi moment and then <laughs> like where he like just disappears and he didn't and i was like what the fuck he got hit with the lightsaber and then he pokes him and i was like oh fuck he's like he didn't even need to be there he was like okay well we see don't... that the part that that the telegraph that for me is because they made such a point of showing like the ground oh the ground is white oh, yeah. and when you move it turns red yeah. and then you, see, Luke, I, you know in, he he wasn't making any red footprints anywhere yeah. in the height of the excitement of seeing that i didn't even notice it at the yep. time i was just same like, yeah <laughs> see, I, i'm super cynical so i was watching for everything plus the fact that he had uh anakin's lightsaber instead of his own green one like why would yeah. that why the hell would he have right. that yeah so again it was like it was like one of those small things i guess i wasn't paying attention to but yeah. dude the, the thing about that scene that blew my mind just was the visual of the gr- the red ground after the saber burst mm-hmm. like just like it was like the there were blood was spilt on the ground at that moment yeah. when that saber ha- burst happened Sick. or the laser burst happened there yeah it was like do you oh. think you got him yeah, yeah right um not to talk about the last Jedi anymore. So uh, I want to go into something um, interesting that happens in the show. Uh, Quinlan was referenced, and for those who don't know, Quinlan Voss is kind of a, um, you know, <laughs> and again, it's one of those characters you have to watch from the Clone Wars and read Dark Disciple. I haven't read Dark Disciple, but I, oh, uh, Dark Disciple, so good. I will, I will um, after this. But um, uh, Quinlan Voss is a Jedi. Um, master i think he, uh, he is a master yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. who's featured predominantly in a lot of the legends material but in the the canon stuff we've seen in the, in the clone wars uh, episode where uh zero the hut is escaped and uh this is where we're first introduced to like uh force sense you know yeah. um like the same power that uh um retrocognition okay. Yeah, they touch an object and they can sense. Uh, Cal Cal Kestis uh, had it in The Last Jedi, too. And um, he has a very big role in Dark Disciple, which features Asajj Ventress. And Um, he fought Cad Bane once. He fought Cad Bane, Mm -hmm. too. But not very well. And and he actually makes a cameo in episode one. Yes, very briefly. Yeah, mm-hmm. a brief yeah. in episode one. You think Just, he would have said hi to Qui Gon or something? You know, like yeah, or helped him out. Hey, can you get like whatever the equivalent of credits are in this? And maybe like uh, then they could have just bought the hyperdrive and yeah, the, the, right. none of this. There's your happened. what if. There's yeah. your what if. <laughs> There's your what if. That's a really good one. What too. if? Um, what if Watto had accepted credits? Yeah. <laughs> There's a meme of like the domino effect, like uh, one person putting one domino. Uh, you, you know what I'm yeah. talking about? One oh, domino, yeah. The, yeah. The big, domino and, yeah. And then the big domino is like uh, decades and centuries of war. <laughs> yeah. um, but what I was going to say, there's one more character uh, that we haven't been introduced to. O'Shea Jackson. 
I think that's his last name, uh, who played uh, Cuba Gooding Jr., who's also the son of Cuba Gooding Jr. in um, uh, NWA. I think that's what the band called. I'm not. That's my white side. My white side is showing, you know, uh, <laughs> f- like, fuck the police, you know, like that. Oh, yeah. OK. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but his he he has a role in this show, an unnamed role. A lot of people think because we got the Quinlan drop, name drop, maybe we're going to see Quinlan Voss. Oh, maybe. I, I did like so. the confirmation that Quinlan is still alive. Mm-hmm. Yes. You know, because he looks like. Oh, I was just going to say he looks like Quinlan Voss, too. Yeah. Yeah, I, I mean, we're halfway between uh, Revenge of the Sith and and original trilogy by this point, more than halfway. And the fact that you know, not only are there still Jedi running around, but still Jedi Masters running around, that was pretty cool. I am. I don't think he's Quinlan Voss. I think it was a nice nod, but I don't think we need to see his character. Yeah. And I don't think we're going to see his character. I think. I think it would be nice if it was some type of a new character that we had around. I could be wrong. And yeah. I'm okay if I, I'm okay. I'm totally okay being wrong. I would love to see Quinlan Vossen on the show, but I think it's a little too much fan service for a show that really, like the entire show itself is fan service. <laughs> when yeah. you think about it. And then uh, the planet that they were going to travel to, Jabim, um, was very uh, featured very heavily in a lot of the EU comics. It was uh, it was the site of a lot of. Uh, Clone War battles, specifically Asajj Ventress, Vader, and Obi Wan have visited that planet multiple times and fought there. So you know, there's a lot of like you know Asajj Ventress that would be kind of cool because he has her, uh, I think her like her lightsaber hilt, like after she had passed oh, away. Oh yeah, uh, right, and yeah. Dark Disciple. So um, yeah, I, for anybody who hadn't read that yet, that's fine. Asajj Ventress <laughs> dies in Dark Disciple. Just in case anybody's wondering. <laughs> <laughs> so um, it seems like there's kind of a couple of connections i i could see them doing a whole new character but um it, it'll be interesting to see where they go um from there like does does obi-wan is obi-wan still on Bafuso? i think that's what the planet's called is uh, does he... i thought no it's mapuzo. mapuzo mapuzo yes yeah um or do they go to jabim like this like uh tala oh, not tala what's her name yeah tala tala oh, it, yeah okay I'm, I guess I was thinking of Trilla. I was like, Trilla, Tala. <laughs> um, <laughs> so does Tala take her there? Do they Are they stuck on um, Mapuso? What happens to Leia? Where's Darth Vader? I guess all those questions will be answered next week, but I'm very excited. There's, I don't know where they're going, uh, but I'm, I, there's a couple things I would love to see, and I'm, I'm, I hope we get them. Now, mm-hmm. the, other thing, the other thing that I was curious about is uh, Reza is the only inquisitor who is ever referred to by her name as opposed to her designation as their third sister like she is also referred to as third sister but she is also she is referred to as reza and nobody else does that even even second sister the only one who ever called her trilla was seer so like why why does she still have her name uh, don't they take those away? Aren't isn't she third sister now? Why why does she still I, get to keep her name? I think it it has to do with like all the infighting that they seem like they, she's already an outcast within like all of the inquisitors. So maybe they just don't respect her as much, is what okay. I'm guessing. What about you? Possibly. Kelly? I think she is. Um, I think a lot of it's just her pride. She won't let her name get taken away. She is. She is a. Uh, I think she's that. It's that whole chip on her shoulder thing. 
that she's just got this whole idea of, of, you know, I am who I am and I'm going to be who I'm going to be. I am going to be great because but of that. I'm not going to control what other people call her though. Like other people have called her Reza. Right. Well, I, I think my point of that though, is that she is, is, is telling people to remember her name and to use her name as opposed to just calling her third sister. I think it almost felt like at times when the fifth brother called her third sister, it was almost like a sign of disrespect. Well, and then because Vader, he called her third sister and like his tone when he called her that, it sounded like he was putting her down, like, mm-hmm. you know, like reminding her, like, remember your place. You are the third sister. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, you, you could be on with something with that. So, I mean, it's going to sound horrible, but like when you dead name somebody. Mm-hmm. I mean, that that kind of, I almost. But it's, it's almost kind of reverse where like, She's, you know, she's dead naming herself and everyone else is reminding her like, no, you're a third sister now, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. yeah. I don't know. We're I don't have know. To, it's, it's, yeah. it's a like, it's a weird flop, flipped situation. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Let's, uh, let's all dive in to our uh, back to tank of dreams and predictions. Um, mm-hmm. Let's start with Jeff. Jeff. Where, where are we going? Where, take us, take us. I have no idea. I, I am not, <laughs> I'm not making any predictions because like, I, I basically predicted the exact opposite of everything that was going to happen uh, <laughs> last week. Uh, I, it, but as long as we're in our back to tank of dreams, I can tell you what I want. Mm-hmm. Um, I still want Ahsoka to randomly appear. I don't know what she's going to do. I don't know what she would have to do with anything. I want, I, you know, or, you know, she didn't even, doesn't even have to appear, just like a reference to her. Mm-hmm. Of course, I don't know if Obi-Wan even knows she's alive. That's what I was Or anything say. like that. Like, mm-hmm. I, you know, I want, and I mean, I don't think it's going to happen. I don't see how it would make sense for it to happen. It would probably derail the story and a bunch of things. But, you know, that, I, I, if they could find a way to make that work, that'd be really cool. Um, I, I don't know what else. Like, I, I honestly don't know. I, I'm, excited to see what they do and where this goes because i i really couldn't say and that's always fun for me because i you know i like not knowing what's going to happen because then i get to be surprised mm-hmm. about you kelly i see i think we're going to get reva's going to take leia to her own secure location hide her from vader to try and draw obi-wan directly to her I think Obi-Wan is going to kick her butt or is going to defeat her in a way um, that kind of gives him the confidence. Like she's going to be his warm-up battle for his final again confrontation with Vader. I think we're going to get I think we're going to get a finale confrontation with Vader at the end of the episode of the end of the series. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think I think next week is going to be Obi-Wan kind of rediscovering himself as the Jedi Master. And um and then just watching Leia just mouth off and be sassy as hell to Reva. I think that's going to be the best part of the whole thing. Yeah. I also, I also think we're going to get a uh, a Qui Gon Jin Obi Wan Kenobi fever dream where Obi Wan is recovering from his dream and he finally starts to hear Qui Gon's voice as he's recovering from his like burns. real Qui Gon or or flashback Qui Gon. Real Qui Gon. I think we're going to get a real Qui-Gon voiceover type of thing as he's recovering in whatever back to tank or whatever thing he's got going on to heal and recover from his burns. That's when he's going to start to reconnect with Qui-Gon. Yeah. Mm, that'd be fun. That'd be fun. Do you think we'll have full bone Qui-Gon like in episode five? Six. 
either at the end of episode five or beginning of episode six is my guess. Yeah, that's my only prediction that's holding fast is that I don't think we're going to see Qui-Gon until the end. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I personally, I would love to see, I know this is kind of like going to derail everything, but I, I'm, I'm waiting for us to like see more Owen Lars like content. Cause like um, Edgerton, uh, I can't remember his name. Taron Edgerton. Ter- Taron Edgerton. Yeah. No, it's yeah. not Taron Edgerton. That's uh, that's uh, Eggsy uh, from Kingsman. Oh. Uh, oh. Uh, who also Isn't played Joel Edgerton? Joel, Joel, Edgerton. Joel Edgerton. Yeah. There yes. Joel Edgerton. Joel Edgerton. Yeah. I I just loved his character so much in the in that first episode. I I hope like we see something. I I mean obviously I don't expect him to go back to Tatooine uh, for a little bit, but um <laughs> I would I would just love to see like what, what are we what's going on over there, you know? But I it, it, again, it would just derail everything. We're in our back to tank, you know. It's... Yeah. <laughs> I do love all the 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 Owen memes yeah. that have come out. Mm-hmm. Like uh, there's the one that I saw yesterday. I think I, I don't know if one of you actually put it up, but it was the one where Anakin was saying to Windu, "It's like he must stand trial." And then Owen's like like you let Count Dooku stand trial. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, the intro to the show is that meme. I love it. Mm. <laughs> so um, but yeah, the other thing is, um, I think I, I, I agree with Kelly. We're probably going to see Obi-Wan kind of like be himself. Maybe not his full self. I feel like the Obi-Wan we know in, ep- like at least the Obi-Wan we know in episode three, I think <sighs> the Obi-Wan we know in episode like four and even some of the comics later on, like that's going to happen t- like end game like type thing like uh the obi-wan that we know that is powerful you know and wise and all that i think like episodes yeah i think episodes four and five are gonna be like the training montage Mm -hmm. to where he's getting refit refit and that kind of stuff yeah Yeah. i'm also predicting a a character (laughs) i don't know which one i don't know like if i had to bet money would be quinlan boss but like i'm i'm predicting like star wars loves introducing characters that we love and just like hey like this this guy knows just Cad Bane shows up again for no reason. Can I be sure, honest? Right? Like that's what I was thinking. <laughs> <laughs> that was like I I could see Cad Bane somewhere here. You know how how, how terrible would it be if it was randomly like Zero the Hut? Oh, <laughs> that'd be funny. That'd Is be funny. Zero dead at this point? Hey, yes. you know, no one no one's ever really gone. You know. That they'll bring him back somehow just like if they bring back mace windu somehow I, uh, that would be kind of crazy i, I actually crazy. if i'm being totally honest i really hope they don't do that like yeah. i yeah i, I, mean, I want like mace windu as far as i'm concerned mace windu died when when palpatine shot him out the window and i and, really don't want them to bring him back and i can respect like a like a sam jackson like flashback or something yeah that'd yeah. be cool yeah um, because cool. like samuel L. jackson is not aged he can play a young <laughs> mace windu um, uh cap the captain marvel movie would disagree with you <laughs> he, he's got like a well i, I guess he it's it's old. there's been a 10-year difference as I mean, long he, as he's if he's sitting in a chair talking then you can de-age him and no one would know but if he has to move around uh you, you're gonna know dude he wasn't moving well in episode three let's be real Okay. There's, there's half half the reason that we have the shots that we have in episode three is because both you uh Ian McDermott and Samuel Jackson cannot save or fight for like two lives. old guys like yeah. that are supposed to be in the prime of the Jedi. Just mm-mm. no, yeah, it's, and that's ha- that, that's where they really needed some stud performers right in there. Yeah. Oh, yeah, absolutely. There's this other thing too, like especially when we talk about predictions, um, something that could like completely throw us off is there there's a rumor going around. 
Um, I, I don't know if it's confirmed 100%, but it is a rumor that there is a season two of Obi-Wan Kenobi. Which there needs to not be. I don't know. You know, Why? we don't we don't know how this show's going to end. Like, it, there could be something. And I mean, the, the problem I have with that is when we meet Obi-Wan, when Luke meets Obi-Wan in the, in the original movie, you, you, like the, the feeling that you get that is presented, that is implied by the, the dialogue and the writing and the structure of the story is that Obi-Wan is a hermit who's been living on this planet for, you know, however long, you know, and it kind of messes up that feeling if we find out that Obi-Wan was having a bunch of adventures during that intervening mm-hmm. period. Like yeah. it doesn't, like this one, this one instance of him, you know, kind of getting his mind back in the game. Sure. But I don't want him to keep doing stuff. You know, yeah. mm-hmm. he's supposed to be a hermit. Like that's his thing. Yeah. yeah. I, I, I can agree with that. The, yeah. I think, I think it needs to be a, a one, one off story because we need, it needs, it's artificially extending it for no real purpose. I think no real game because we know the end game. We know how Obi Wan's story ends. Maybe. We don't, oh, yeah. I mean, oh, I'm sorry. The, keep going. Keep going. The only thing that I could see that could maybe work is if he had an adventure directly on Tatooine. Yeah, and right. God knows we've seen enough Tatooine to last a lifetime. Oh my God. Yeah. yeah. I was going to say, like, season two would be like him hiring an architect and designing his house that we see <laughs> in the first movie, you know, planning his garden, uh, maybe doing some, some casual trading with the Tuscan Raiders, you know, sitting and uh, playing words with friends a lot. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you yeah, know, making, no friends. making, right. No friends. Yeah. That's, that's, that's season two. Um, you know, that's a mosque that he lives in in episode four. Like, is it really? Uh, yeah. yeah, which is, I don't know. Huh. That was really cool because they were in Tunisia um, when they re- filmed Star Wars. You can actually go to the, like the, the Lars estate. That's a hotel. Yeah, the, stu- the structures that they set up are still there. Yeah, yep. they're abandoned, um, but it's used to be, I think, a hotel. Mm, wild. Type of, type of deal. I don't know. I, I, I think like, I, I agree with everything you're saying, but like, I love Ewan McGregor and Hayden Christensen so much. I would... I want 100 years of Ewan McGregor. 200 years. Rick and Morty, 100 years. www.com. Yeah, exactly. But I guess for me, it really depends on how they end the show and where they can go from there. You know, because hmm. if they can go somewhere cool, if they can make it actually work and interesting, I'm all bored. I'm all bored for it. I mean, like, hey, I love the Book of Boba Fett. I know it has a lot of problems, but I'll watch the Book of Boba Fett again um because mm. i i love being in that universe so i we'll see what happens i um, want i want new characters doing new things like i don't need again i don't need characters that we already know that we already know who they are and what uh-huh. their story is i don't need more stuff about them doing stuff that you know like that was that was the one problem i had with with solo before you know even when they announced they were making the movie like i don't i don't care like I know who Han Solo is. I know what I need to know about his backstory. His character arc is the original trilogy. Like I don't, I don't care what he was doing when he was younger. I don't care where he got his little dice thing. I don't care how he and Chewie met. I don't. It's not interesting. And I mean, the movie was fine. It was, it was a decent movie, but it's like it, it didn't need to exist. Give me, give me new things about they new could've... characters. There's a whole subplot. There's a whole plot story that they could have done with that movie, if it, if it was a tr- if it was a trilogy of the Darth Maul crime syndicate. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah. That, that where Han Solo amazing. tangentially, like he mm-hmm. appears as a side character. That's fine. I have no problem with that well, I, at yeah. all. Because, But could you imagine season two being, or at the solo two or, or the next movie that comes after that being a story about Kira interacting with Maul and running that would Red be Dawn and all amazing. Wouldn't it? I would love that. Oh and my then, God. Like, Han appears for like three minutes in like a mm-hmm. cantina scene or something. Like we don't to, need to you screw here. Like it this, up to screw it up the the her plot or something like, like that. as a spanner in the works. You know, like yeah, he exactly. He doesn't even realize that he's screwing it up, but he does. Yeah. Like Jeff, that, yeah, sure. Give me that. That's that would yeah. be cool. Jeff, I don't know. Um, I don't know who's the the we that we don't we don't need to see like Solo doing all these adventures. I do. I think Solo <laughs> is an amazing movie. I love solo. I love solo Makes, a lot. Make solo two happen. Yeah. <laughs> no, I'm 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 not I'm not against another solo <laughs> movie, but I I want really to be perfectly frank. I want Amelia Clark more Amelia Clark in Star Wars. Yeah, that's yeah. what I want. They I threw, want more of that. Yeah, they threw Aldrin. By the way, in that article, by the way, they they threw Aldrin Aaron Reich without saying his name under the bus. Oh, it frustrated really me so bad. And they, I was they, so pissed by that. It shows that they learned all the wrong lessons, which movie executives, like that seems to be their thing is learning the wrong lessons, yeah. uh, you know, from things. But like he did a great job in that role. And like him playing Han Solo was not the reason that movie didn't perform yeah, the way they were hoping things. it would. Mm-hmm. The, the reason it didn't perform they were hoping it would is exactly what I was just whining about. You know, like yep. it was a movie that that didn't need to exist in the first place. It yep. doesn't stop it from being a decent movie. It's it's an unnecessary movie. You I know, think, I think the other part of that too is there um, the amount of stress that came from that movie when they had the because um, they had the original Game of Thrones runners on it that dropped out last minute for oh, or no that, no no that you're thinking of DB the DB Weiss and DB Weiss right. and Benny it's um the guys who made the Lego movie. That's right. It. That's what it was. Yeah, yeah, the Lego Movie guys who they were on it, and then they dropped out, and Ron Howard had to step in last minute and make a almost, from what I understand, make an entirely different movie. Yeah, which sucks because, uh, like, they also did uh, Twenty One Jump Street, which I've heard right. was a good movie. Uh, Twenty One Jump Street and Star Wars, give me a comedy. And I mean, Ron Howard, mm-hmm. he he's like the playing it safe option. Yeah, you know, mm-hmm. he's like. He'll make he'll make the good he'll make a movie it'll be technically That's... well done it'll be blah 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 you know like but he's not the the kind of you know uh, passionate director that you want doing a project like that like shit get his daughter like she knows no what the fuck she's doing with yeah. Star Wars well... Jesus. That's gonna make what Taika Waititi's gonna be like his. That's why his movie really interests me a lot because like mm-hmm. there's a lot Taika Waititi does a lot of comedy in his stuff but also it like it has heart. You know, like yeah. Jojo Rabbit, like Jojo Rabbit kills me every time. Yeah. Uh, Thor Ragnarok, uh, Thor: Love and Thunder is kind of looking like it's going down that direction as well. Yeah. Like, it's going to be interesting to see. Finally, maybe Star Wars will have like an aesthetic, like with a director that's you know not mm-hmm. playing it safe. Like they did that with and- Ryan Johnson. <laughs> Otherwise, they're going to do like a Ryan Johnson like type of situation. And we could yeah. have a we could finally have a Star Wars character with a Kiwi accent who's not a clone. Yeah. Right. You know what I want is I want another Gareth Edwards directed movie because Rogue yes! One was amazing. It was Rogue One was amazing. And yeah. they 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 solo didn't perform 
form and they said, oh, we're going to stop doing anthology movies. Like, what are you talking about? Like the best Star Wars movie was the, the first anthology that you made. So you made mm-hmm. one amazing one, one average one, and you're going to stop? Yeah. Like, Obi- Obi- what's Kenobi. wrong with you? Obi-Wan Kenobi, The Book of Boba Fett, they were both going to be movies. And that thank God they're not, by the way. Yeah. Because uh, I would have had the same complaints about them that I had I w- about Solo. But I wouldn't uh, have minded a Boba Fett movie. Yeah. I honestly, I think the the TV show was too long. I yeah, wouldn't have minded. Might be right about that. I wouldn't have minded a straight, a straight to Disney Plus movie. <laughs> straight to Disney Plus. They, they should do that. Like, they, I'm surprised mm-hmm. they didn't announce. Like, hey, we're gonna show the next Star Wars movie on Disney Plus. Yeah, I don't be- think they would because, like, to to make it up to the level of quality that they would need the the like for a movie. Like the budget, you, you might as well release it in theaters and try and get That's some right. of that box office money. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, anyway, um, that, that was ranting at the end <laughs> about ah! stuff, which is like, well, we got to cut it short, guys. <laughs> There's nothing to talk about with Obi-Wan anymore, but we will talk soon. Uh, episode part four, which, you know, not to go on a tangent, but very interested, very interesting that they are not titling these episodes. Uh, yes. Yeah. Part four part, uh, is coming out next Wednesday. Mm-hmm. You'll have another episode of this show. And Marley Andrews is going to be back with us. Um, we need more estrogen here. <laughs> um, anyway, guys, gals, non-binary pals, without further ado, it's been real.